Okay, all good. I hope right. the internet doesn't cut or anything weird because we are in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I hope it stays like this because this sounds perfect. Okay, all right. I'm gonna count down and then I will introduce you. Three, two, okay. one. Hello, everyone. It's Lewis Crathen here with another podcast. It's Inside the World of Duotone. And in this episode, we're speaking to Nuria Goma, who travels all around the world. She's got such an incredible story to tell from, from a very, very different career choice to, to where she is now. Welcome to the show, Nuria. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, let's just start with uh, perhaps you can tell us where you are in the world right now. Well, I'm literally in the middle of nowhere in Baja California, <laughs> and there's not even phone signal. So we got satellite internet, and that's that's how we can speak right now. <laughs> and uh, well, thank you for for somehow finding a connection to talk to me. You you are a professional kiteboarder, and you've been high up in the world in the top three in the world rankings as well as a racer. I can see you finished in the IKA 2013 top three and you do so much for kiteboarding and you were a real ambassador for Duotone and I can't wait to, to explore today what it is exactly that you're doing now but I want to explain to our listeners that you have over 50,000 followers on your Instagram page at Nuria Goma and you tend to just travel around to these beautiful places in this this big truck and I, I want to ask how life must be like that but firstly how did you get into a life where you're traveling everywhere with your family? You're a mum of two and your husband. How did you get into this? Um, well, I think it was just a natural evolution because I've been traveling around the world, not all my life, but since I'm kiteboarding, since I'm a professional. And, you know, once I got the kids with the maternity, I, I stopped competing, but I didn't want to stop traveling. So we just find a way. And right now, I think when you have kids, the easiest way is to travel on a van because you just pack everything, kite gear, wingfall gear, toys, the kids, and you just travel. If they're tired, you stop. If they're hungry, you feed them. So basically, <laughs> that's why we did it. Well, I'm looking at these wonderful pictures that you have on your social media channels. It really is not just a small little van here we're talking about we're talking about this really special Iveco van it's huge it's like a full home inside how how did this partnership come around with Iveco um well this is like a, a project we had in mind with my husband for a long time and so basically we were gonna do this this travel with our old Iveco and 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 then you know it's always being at the right place at the at the right time. So we met someone who who, who is in Iveco, and so I I could present my project to them, and they loved the idea. So we partnered for this this new adventure. So basically, <laughs> this is how we did it. So you're not just traveling around here having a, a good time on holiday. You're actively being a mum, uh, working, coming up with this incredible content for Iveco and other sponsors. Is it difficult to juggle the two? 
Um, to be honest, at the times, it's very difficult because, um, you know, like my kids, they are very young. They are two and four, so they still need full attention. And then we live in the van. It's, it's quite small in the inside. I mean, it can be big, but <laughs> to live for people and two toddlers, like the space is, is small. And, and then creating content, as you might know, it's not easy because you have to think, what are you going to shoot? And then my husband, he's a, he's a professional videographer and drone pilot. So that helps a lot. But still, you should see him like when, when, when my daughter was a little bit younger, she was one. Um, my husband had the baby on his lap while flying the drone, like <laughs> oh, multitasking. Wow. So, yeah. And then usually we, we start working and editing when the kids are asleep at night. So it's, it's no, it's not just a holiday or a vacation. It's like it's, a hard work. It's not as easy as perhaps the, the imagery and the video make it look to be. Now, I'm imagining scenarios that you may have where you think, oh, it's the most perfect conditions now. Let's fly the drone. Let's do something. I've got a kite. And then maybe one of your children's, uh, I don't know, made a big mess in the van or something. I guess they're the sort of challenges that you have to overcome, right? Totally. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes when it's perfect for kite surfing, it's windy and it's not good for the kids because they cannot be outside because it's too windy. So it's always challenging. Now, I'm thinking here, I'm a, a father of two. I have two little girls near you. They're not quite the age of of uh, your children just yet. But I'm thinking, and I wonder if this is part of your plan as well. Right now, I guess with their ages, they need a lot of attention. But is it possible that they could also be trained up to be the drone pilots and helping out as well <laughs> on this uh, on this special job that you have? <laughs> totally. Like my oldest kid, uh, Koa, he's four. He has been flying drones since the age of two. So... Wow. <laughs> and and Kaya, she's the perfect caddy. Like every time I need to pack a kite, she's there. So, perfect. So they so, can yeah. become they can become part of the team. Now, let's go all the way back then um to really uh your your career and how it's changed into what you're doing now. What it what, what was it that you were doing originally that perhaps um sparked this this sort of new lifestyle uh into play? Uh, well, actually, if we go like really backwards, um, I was a banker. I was, I was working in a bank for more than 10 years. And then when I turned 30, I realized that I was not happy with my life and I couldn't see myself the next 20, 30 years doing the same thing in the bank. So by then I was starting to kite surfing and it was my passion, you know, a hobby, but it was like, everything to me the the only time where I, where, where I was disconnecting from the stress of the bank and so you know like my boyfriend told me like you know you're not happy why don't you change your life so that's what I did I just quit my job and I went kite surfing was that hard <laughs> and, to do that was it hard to yeah. just quit everything you must have studied and worked your way up in banking to drop all that and to change course drastically was a big decision it was it was because i had a lot of a, a lot to to lose you know it's not like mm. okay i'm studying or but you know i was quitting 
And the hardest part was telling my parents. I still remember that day where my dad was sitting, where my mom was sitting. And I went, I told them, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. And, and my dad, because my parents are quite old. I'm, I'm the youngest of five brothers and sisters. Wow. So, you know, they are from another generation. And like, I remember my dad started screaming at me, like, you know, like, you don't know what you're doing. You're not 20 anymore. We yeah. sacrificed our life to pay for your university, you know, and things like that. And yeah. I, I just left crying. And, you know, I said, okay, I'm not asking for permission. I'm just informing you <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> but what yeah, about like, now? What about no, now? No, they are my biggest supporters. <laughs> they, they, they totally understood. And, you know, like my mom knew I was not happy. I was super stressed. I was super thin, like that. That couldn't go. And and they are super proud of me right now. And, you know, like they are retired and and they just tell everybody that her, their, their daughter is a kite surfer. And so it's it's all good now. And they are my biggest supporters ever. I think that uh, parents are worried sometimes. It's not that they don't want you to do the thing you love. I think that uh, I learned in, in my own example as well, Nuri, that actually... I think they were just more worried about me having a solid future. And perhaps that was the same in your case. But as soon as they can see you're happy and making a living and a good one and you're, you know, and things are going well, they're nothing but, but proud of you. Absolutely. I, I, now as a mom, I totally understand them. Like your perspective change when you become a, a parent as well. And as we get older with the, the world around us and the studies that are done, we're learning that stress is the, the number one cause for so many different types of illnesses. So is it worth staying in that job, which might pay really well and be the job that everyone thinks is the respectful thing to do? Because at the end of the day, you only get one life and stress really is a big cause of so many different illnesses and conditions. I, I couldn't agree more. Actually, my my motto, my 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 thing is, just one life. That's what I keep saying. And I sign my emails and every time it's just one life, you know, and just people wake up and, you know, <laughs> live the life. But let's go back to the life that you're leading and the, the journeys that you've been on. What is the plan for your current route that you're on right now? So basically we arrived in Los Angeles. We sent the van from Europe to California. And immediately we started driving south to Baja California in Mexico because it was super cold up there. Like it's snowing as 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 it has never in California. That's so basically good, yeah. we are escaping from the cold and we've been here in Baja for a month already. And we are slowly going up back up. So the plan now is maybe 10 more days here in Baja California and then cross the border to the States and travel around the West Coast and doing some natural parks as well and arriving to Canada. And we'll see. We, we actually don't have like a straight plan. You know, we move with the forecast and with the mood. And so we, we don't really have a straight plan. And tell me, what is it? What is it like? How would you describe the places that you've been going, kiteboarding, and what is the scenery like and the nature? Is it is it a place you recommend people travel to? Well, if you're traveling by motorhome on RV, Baja California is your place. 
it's so wild and you know you you have campgrounds or wild camping right next to the water in empty beaches like it's it's the best like for us that we we travel with two young kids it's super important that we can park next to the water in order to be kiteboarding because one stays in the van with the kids and the other is you know is kiting so for us it's essential that we park we we cannot park like 500 meters from the beach with so here it's it's just paradise and it's fishing paradise snorkeling paradise it's so windy also so it's it's a good it's a good place i i really like it now i'm just wondering here you out on the water and your partner back inside the van with the two young children perhaps the other way around where your yeah. partner's out do you have to discuss uh, safety sometimes in an action plan perhaps if your kite starts going out to sea do, do you have to really think about all those things yeah that's one of the biggest issues right now because usually we used to kite together so if one had a problem or, or even if if you're on shore like shooting you can always take your kite and go help the other but mm-hmm. now with the kids you don't really can do that so we we just know like you know like we've been kiting in offshore winds for instance in Punta San Carlos and it's very rocky so it's okay you have to know that you're alone out there so if anything happens just try to get to shore get the safest place and then I will come with the van to rescue you but it's 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 like that so we always look at the spot usually nobody is kiting there so we cannot ask locals or anything. So we, we have a lot of experience, like we've been kiting for more than 15 years, but still, you know, like when things go wrong, they just go wrong. So yeah, we just look at the spot and decide, okay, if something goes wrong, I can see that you can get out on, on that after that rock or something like that. So yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's great advice for any kiteboarders to, to always have a plan especially it's one thing kite surfing your local beach where you know almost subconsciously what you do if something went wrong but when you're going to new places like you are with nobody else around to have those discussions beforehand they don't have to be one hour long chats but to have those discussions about uh, an action plan can be the difference of a, a good or bad outcome and like you said Nuria someone has to stay with the children it's not like one of you can just grab a kite and go out and rescue uh, the other one. Not yet anyway. <laughs> yeah, it, it will arrive. But and so t- far, so good. And tell me about your, your toys and equipment. You mentioned that your van wasn't so big. Now, just to put it in perspective, it's way bigger than my transporter van that I have outside on the drive right now. We're talking quite a bit bigger than a Volkswagen transporter. But how much room do you have for your equipment? I, I see that you're also... Uh, into winging as well so how much space do you have for your toys well uh we designed the van ourselves so we made sure we were going to have like a huge garage for all our toys (laughs) so basically we are traveling with a full set of kites twin tip surf uh hydrofoil and then another full set of wings uh just one board and to um to hydrofoils and and we share the 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 gear mm-hmm. with my husband but yeah like uh, i'm not sure you could bring it in a in a normal van because <laughs> we also have like you know like kids toys and 
fanatic paddle boards, like inflatable, like we have two of them. And so, yeah, like we're full on all the toys. Like we just have everything with us. Yeah, I bet. I bet it's almost everything you you own in that van right now. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's our home, actually. So your hometown, let's talk about that. Where is the, Where do you consider to be your hometown? We live in a city 20 kilometers from Barcelona. And believe it or not, it's inland. So we don't have ocean. <laughs> But yeah, like uh, in in where we live, like in in close to Barcelona, uh, you have really good spots, like one hour away driving. So it's it's pretty cool, and and yeah, and then we have Tarifa also, even if it's a bit further. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a drive for you. And the the spot I think local to you that I know near Barcelona, Castel de Fels, is one. Yes. Seems to work quite well. Um, and you're not far away, really, from the south of France and the strong, gusty wind, big air locations of sort of Lucat and Perpignan, I guess. But Tarifa would be quite a drive for you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually not a weekend drive. It's 12 hours driving. But we have San Pedro Pescador in the north, in Costa Brava, just before France. And it's pretty windy. I would say it's not as windy as Tarifa, but pretty close and long so, driving long driving wouldn't exactly bother you with the sorts of drives that you're used to doing where you are now i really wanted to ask you uh, which you've answered already was is it a separate van that you happen to have out in california as to the one you've got in europe that that's a question i'm burning to ask you how difficult is it to ship your own van from europe to to, to north america which which ports did you use was it was it difficult um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not difficult, but it's not, it's not like easy either. Uh, first of all, you need to do all the paperwork through an agent. Like you as a, as a person cannot uh, buy a ticket for that. So that implies, uh, talking through an agent who usually is in Germany or UK. And you, we, we couldn't ship the van from Barcelona. So the closest port from us was Belgium, which is already like a 18 hours drive. Yeah. So we ship it from Belgium to California. Like usually people ship it to the East Coast, New yeah. York or Florida. But, uh, we make, we made the numbers and, you know, like, the amount of miles of kilometers from New York just to Tijuana, for instance, was maybe we needed like two or three weeks to cross the country with two little kids in the van. And then if you add the cost of the petrol, it was the same price as sending directly to California. So that's why we chose to do that. And it's it's a, it's a lot of paperwork because you have to do like temporary importation. And and then also there's a big issue that when you send your van, everything inside gets robbed, which is very frustrating because you're paying a lot of money. And for one month, because the shipping took us one month since it left uh, Belgium to California. And during that amount of time, the van is open and the keys are inside. 
So anybody can go in and, you know, like just get everything they want. That's scary. Yeah, it's, it's very scary because it's your whole life. So basically uh, what we did is we flew on the plane with all the kite equipment, windfall, paddle, like every, everything that was really valuable. And the rest, we lock it in the, in the garage. But you know, it has an easy access. Uh, like if you just, uh, it's under our bed. So if you want to break the bed, then you're straight in the garage. But it's worked so out it, well. So you got, you got there and sorted yeah. around it. It was all as it should be. That must have been a nice moment. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Like we were so nervous, like <laughs> so, so nervous. Like, will it be okay? And yeah, just a few things got stolen. Nothing important. So all good. And so this is, we're talking about your trip in North America. Can you tell me some of the other places that you've taken your special van that, you, that you've loved and why? Uh, well, like we started in 2021 and we did Europe, um, Morocco, Canary Islands. And the, 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 the place I, I, I love the most was Iceland. Like that wow, trip yeah. was just a lifetime experience. The The place is so unique and so different from everywhere else where I've been. And with this kind of van, like a four by four, you can just get everywhere, like literally. And it was just probably one of the best trips we will ever do. You think it's essential to have a four by four? You think that's something you'd advise people to do? To visit Iceland? No. You, you, you can do it because a few years ago, we did it with a normal motorhome, like we rented the motorhome in Iceland. But if you want to get to the highlands in the middle of the island, you can only access that with a four by four. But, you know, like you can visit Iceland with a normal van and it's still worth it. So it's just if you want to go like one step further, but. Yeah, because the last thing you need on a trip like yours is to get stuck somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that must be a nightmare. So let's move on a little bit now and, and thinking a bit further ahead into the future. Are you, are you afraid perhaps of the times when your children go to school where you might have to adapt the, the school holidays or fit in line with the normal school? Or do, you, do you have other thoughts about that? Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest worries right now because in Spain uh, you cannot do homeschooling oh, like wow. you could do it in a very limited um, you know like for very limited reasons so right now we still have one year and a half because kids it, it's not compulsory to go to school until they are six Koa is four and a half so right now we just leave the moment and then when the time co comes, we'll see how we do it or, you know, if, if we decide maybe to, to go for the homeschooling, which I don't think we're going to do. Because trust me, it's, it's difficult enough with young kids and like teaching them, I think it would be like too much, too intense. So yeah, we, we'll see. We don't really know. We, we just go with the flow. Right now, we just thinking one one year and a half ahead and then we'll see oh uh, yeah there are you know and there are situations where you meet so many people in life who actually have overcome 
those challenges. Um, I've been speaking to, to Kevin Lungray lately, actually, about his plans, and he's already started to think about um, how he can go to Cape Town and back again. And it is possible to to move around, I guess, in the world. But that's kind of the number one question, I bet, that you're asked all the time: what are they going to, what you're going to do when the the kids got start going to school? But it doesn't have to be so straightforward as I think everyone expects it might be. Yeah, uh, I, I get all that question all the time. And, you know, I, I really don't know because in one year and a half, I could be living in, in Maui, in Hawaii. Yeah. Or, you know, so things can change and they change so fast that why worry about something that you don't know? You know, it's it's when it comes, we'll 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 find a solution and we'll find a way that everybody is happy. Of course. And I think, you know, especially with your lifestyle that you have now, being present and living every moment that you have. I mean, what an amazing time for your children that they will never forget the, year, the you know, the early stages of their life, seeing the the countries that, that they've seen. That must be that, that must be amazing. Do, do they enjoy it? Yeah, they love it. And they learn so much. I mean, they learn so many things that they would not learn at school about everything, about fishes, about volcanoes, about, you know, like we've been in Iceland. Everywhere we go, we try to work on a topic and, 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 you know, like they are like sponge, like they learn so fast. And like my youngest, he's four, but he, so he speaks Catalan, Spanish. And he fully understands English. He doesn't reply in English, but he, so, you know, we just find families around the world and, and, and they play together and we share, you know, and cultures and here in Mexico and Iceland. And so I, I'm really not, not worried because, you know, like once we go back home, like for instance, last year they went to school, like a preschool, I think a month and a half. And they love it. So, you know, if we're there, they go to school and they share experiences like what's being in a normal school. But also they, when we travel, they, I don't know, they, they learn a lot and they have experiences that, that otherwise they could not have. Yeah, then I, I, I also believe that there's no one lesson or subject or school that can teach you the powerful lessons of life and travel and cultures and how different people live. And I think that's, it's lovely that your your children are getting so exposed to that. My last question for you now, Nuria, as uh, we're nearly ready to let you get back on your your long drive <laughs> to the north, is is really can anybody do this? Can anyone decide right? I'm not happy. I'm going to move into an amazing van, motorhome, even with a family, and and try to just even for a short period of time to live a life like you're living. Absolutely, like. You you don't need money to do that. You just need to take the first step, you know, like you don't need an expensive van to travel the world. Is that when we when we did that at the beginning, we we were traveling with a super old van. You know, it's it's sometimes I think the problem is that people is scared of, you know, of leaving their jobs or it, it it's very comfortable to stay at home with a eight till three job and and you know they they say oh you're so lucky 
you know, I'm not lucky. I, I work for that and I really wanted to do that. So I did that. But I, I remember at the beginning, some people said, ah, because you don't have kids. I cannot do that because I have kids. <laughs> no, it's different for you because you don't have kids. So now what? <laughs> yeah. I have kids and it's possible. It's super tiring. It's super, you know, I, I, I won't lie to you. It's, it's not easy. But if you really want, want that, you just, you just do it. Thank you, Nira. That was such a wonderful chat and, and some lovely insight to this incredible journey that you are. And you can follow Nuria at Nuria Goma, Major Duotone Ambassador. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah.